Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. That was weird. I've never heard that before. This meeting is being recorded. Yeah. Awesome. Um, this is great. So have we begun? Uh, I guess we've begun. Uh, yep. It says recording. This is the 12th or 13th episode of Not Quite Cool. And only the fifth that Rob has been actively a part of. You know, 40% is pretty much my average in everything. Eh. You know. 40% use 40% of my brain. You know, it's uh, I'm 40% a better athlete than Keith. I can kick 40% of his ass. I do um, have more gas. So that's still good. I have 40% more gas than Keith. It's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I know 40% about acting than Keith. Um, you consume 40% more food than the average person? I do strangely consume 40% more food. And I don't know. percent more of a disappointment to everyone. Yeah, to everybody. Know. My tapeworm is 40% <laughs> bigger than most other people's tapeworms. I have, uh, I've underachieved by at least 40% at least. life and on stage. My hair is 40% longer than it should ever be. Yeah, a lot of 40%. You are a member of the 40%. I am, I am 40% on my way to uh, 130 years old. Something like that. It would be amazing if that statistic was actually correct, but I don't think it is. I think you're. I'm 54, so uh, yeah. double would be. Double would be 108. So. Not yeah, close. Ballpark? Yes, you've been with 40% of men in He has been bald in a park. Yes, he has been bald in a park. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where we just. But we bad bad <laughs> Easy listening, guys. Yeah. This is what everyone's tuned in. I wonder what brilliant stuff Rob's going to say this time. 40% of my hair. <laughs> I think uh, 40% is, go, uh, is the new uh, I'm out of gas. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's all he talked about last podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go step outside and get hot wings real quick. Um, so I'll be back. Awesome. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, not all of us have seen everything, which is normally it's just me not seeing everything. So but tonight, you know so creepy? I forgot you were coming this way. And I'm like, who the fuck is walking this way? <laughs> I literally lost my fucking mind. I was like, what? what? I wasn't expecting. I kept thinking I was in my house. For. I was like, ah. Uh, we're going to talk a little Army of the Dead. Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, latest uh, movie that runs way over two hours. We're going to talk about, well, I'm not. Uh, Keith and Chad are going to talk about Bad Batches in episode four. I believe so. Yeah, episode four. I believe we're going to talk about the first, was that a full trailer? Eternals, full trailer? Uh, Tease. It It was a teaser. There was no real story. Yes, you guys will talk about Spiral, which uh, is the first movie you guys have seen in the theater in a while. Or no, you saw something prior to that. No, Spiral's the first in the theater. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I'll listen to that. Um, there's a couple other trailers. We just watched a... Um, what did we just watch? Uh, we just watched a couple other trailers. Last uh, Night in Soho, probably. Last Night in Soho, which was gorgeous, and we'll talk about that. Uh, I just watched a trailer from 
a new Martin Campbell movie with uh, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Maggie Q. Uh, unfortunately, made by Millennium Pictures. Usually, those are kind of shaky. But it's look fun. I'm a, I'm a fan of Martin Campbell. I generally like his movies. Um, what, what else has he done? Green Lantern. <laughs> so you're a big fan of this. <laughs> wow. He's in Casino Royale. And then he did. That's the, right. I, did do second, that. I, I believe he did the sequel as well, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Um, but Casino Royale, I think, is fucking great. So I, lo- I love Casino Royale, but I'm going to tell you the problem that I had with Casino Royale. Gotcha. I don't like the fact that Bond does not have a showdown necessarily with the bad guy. The bad guy kidnaps Bond and tortures him. Mads does. Yep. But there's no... Bond doesn't get away from him. Like, Bond gets saved. And he doesn't do anything against the bad guy. So that's that's the only thing that uh, I kind of did. I, I like Casino Royale. Don't get me wrong. I love the, the change mm-hmm. that they did with Bond. But I just... I wanted Bond to fight Mads. Or have a shootout with Mads or something. And it wasn't there. Keith Brooks has brought me wings. Thank you, Keith. That's are these insane. the wings that are going to, uh, he got out of the trash and they're going to put you to your knees? I could only hope that these were trash wings. My inner possum wants trash wings right now. God damn it. The service here is terrible. Jesus. What kind of fucking <laughs> restaurant? The, the COVID, I got to get my own drinks. I got to get my, um, when, Keith, when you hop back on and talk to Chad, I'll go get a drink. So this podcast can seem seamless to the throngs of people listening as if we don't even miss a beat. Um, you're right. You know, it's funny. Mads Mikkelsen, which to me, that was my introduction to Mads Mikkelsen. He's fucking, dude's, dude's amazing. Um, he was every bit up to Bond's, to, to be Bond's foil. He was every bit up to the challenge, I, I thought. Though you're right, you never saw, other than sitting there at the poker table. Right, which is classic Bond, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's still not a fight. No, you're correct. I'm going to do a lot of this podcast with food in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Delicious. (laughs) These are uh, garlic Parmesan wings. You know, I feel like since you're eating, you might be maybe not cranky Rob. Like usually you're just like, wow, we got to talk about all these trailers. I don't even care. Why are we doing this? You might be happy now. You might be like, oh, yeah, this is a great trailer oh. now that I'm eating. All the trailers you want. Television, says the man who makes his living on television. You know, like. Boy, it's a burden watching these trailers. Yeah, he, he's going to be happy now, though. He's going to have a full belly as we go. We, Keith, you could probably add five more trailers right now, and he wouldn't <laughs> skip a beat. That wasn't shot in Atlanta. Screw you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got it's the not made in Atlanta. It's not a movie. Did you just eat a hot wing? I just licked the sauce and it was way too hot. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to eat some hot wings as well. I'm so sorry, Chad. I'm going to DoorDash you food right now. Give me your address, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can freak out when they send me a picture of my house. What the f- Yeah. <laughs> this is the most terrifying thing in the world. Um, did you guys already talk about Army of the Dead or are we just... No, I'm literally going to get a drink right now. We have, we we have not talked about bottom. anything. So, uh, amazingly enough, we've talked about Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, let's kick it off. Since Rob's gone, let's talk about the Bad Batch. 
A test is in order. Five enhanced clones. More capable than an army. Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. What else you got? Jack, how did you feel about this newest episode of The Bad Batch? I mean, I'm digging this the whole the series as a whole. I was a little disappointed, you know, Crosshair wasn't really in this because I really like what they're doing with him. Uh, he's shaping up to be an awesome villain that could be saved and redeemed. They fix this chip or change him by the end of the season. That that could be the trajectory where they go to try to save their buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that happening. But in the meantime, he's just a badass villain. He's awesome. Yeah. And I think it, it sets up a perfect foil for us to have, you know, basically what Star Wars always does so well is you see a character disintegrating into the madness and the darkness of the world a little bit more over here and over here we're doing something else. So we're having those two um, parallel plot lines happening where we're just seeing Crosshair go more and more to the dark side as it were until the end they have to collide. Um, And yeah, it's disappointing that we didn't get that in this episode, but Ming-Na Wen showing up, uh, we knew she was gonna be in there uh, but just to hear her voice and it's like concrete and, and, and a lot of people are speculating that she's working for Boba Fett in this episode, which Boba Fett would still be relatively like a kid, right? He would still be young in this episode. I, I don't remember if Boba Fett showed up in Rebels. I don't remember either. But he certainly was in Clone Wars and he was a kid mm-hmm. in Clone Wars. So... So, but that, that's great, yeah. especially going forward with the book of Boba Fett to go ahead and establish their relationship this early on. If that's who it turns out to be. And even if it's not, I mean, no, Wynn was a badass in this episode. Oh, yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. And the whole episode, yeah. huh? Just for us, just for us, not up on the uh, timelines exactly. Um, what's the year difference between Bad Batch and where Mandalorian was? Um, 30? No, maybe like 25, maybe I would say. You know, it's really easier to say the Bad Batch is during or right after episode three. Yeah. And so then after episode three, you've got a huge stretch of time before Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, then Mandalorian. So there's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, If you're uh, speaking BBY before the Battle of Yavin. I think that, that that was a Star Wars nerdy reference for anybody. I could feel my virginity growing back as I said it. Um, but it's at least because between episode three and episode four is at least 18 years because Luke has to grow up. Right. And, and then the saga itself takes a couple of years. So, so we're a fair ways away. But, you know, it, it seems like they're just this last episode was about letting us know Omega has a bigger part to play within the Star Wars universe as a whole. I wonder how long it will be before we get Omega in live action, if that's going to happen, or if Omega is going to meet an untimely end within the course of Bad Match. Um, I'm interested to see how all that plays out. Um, But yeah, I fucking love it. I think Filoni and his people just do a great fucking job with Star Wars all across the board. You just got a promotion. I don't know exactly. So apparently the promotion happened last year, but it was just um, made official on Twitter. Or on their website this uh, this past week. 
Gotcha. But does he have these delicious chicken wings? The question. Probably not. Mm. I don't know. He probably can afford chicken wings now. He probably. I hope you all at home can hear me licking my fingers. That was delicious. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna put like a man moaning in the background every time you do that. So just take one. Just take a couple out of the, your closet. That's fine. <laughs> That's so solid. Oh my god. That might be the best joke that Rob has had. On this. is that? Did you write jokes for him because he's at your house? Is that happening? It's just it's the food. I just when I'm when I'm fed. They're just it's fuel on them. That's gotta be it. You must I'm be starving you. every other fucking <laughs> hour of your life. Mm. Oh, cool. So yeah, so I can't wait for more Bad Batch, but let's move on um and talk about something that you guys both saw. So that way I can eat wings. Uh and that next uh project is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. What is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it yet because I was watching um, just a bunch of bullshit documentaries and Star Trek Voyager, which is great. Uh, this is phenomenal. But um, I know I both. Of, say, okay, I'm sorry. I know both of you saw it. What did you What did you think about uh, Army of the Dead? Go ahead, Dowdy. I mean, <laughs> so you know, Army of the Dead, two and a half hours. So there's a lot of good stuff in it. There's no reason. For a zombie movie to be two and a half hours it's way too long it's not justice league snyder cut long but it's clearly you know snyder has final cut you can make it as long as you want it's two and a half hours it's it's way too long uh but there was a that means that there was a lot to like about it um obviously zach snyder so the visuals was incredible visuals in the movie I was a fan of uh, was two characters, like the safe cracker Dieter and uh, the guy who carries the saw, Rob. He, uh, they're like bromance, their relationship. I loved it. I thought, I thought that might be the, the best part of it as far as that had heart was those two. Uh, so I, I did uh, like that. And then, uh, you know, zombie tiger. It's pretty cool. It's funny because when, as soon as I saw the zombie tiger, I was like, that zombie tiger is going to be like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park eventually is. Uh, good call. Be like a savior. Be like a good guy because you can't have a zombie tiger and it'd be bad. And it it kind of, you know, without spoiling anything, it kind of became that way. It, it You know, it almost was like good, like the, uh, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. He got a high five in that movie, big time. Yeah. He gets a high five. Um, just to jump in, you know, and uh, I'm going to give uh, Keith, I'm going to put the ball in the tee here so Keith can take a shot. I didn't feel the length. Um, there you go. All yours, buddy. Um, I enjoyed the entire movie. You know, I think it was well cast. I, th- I, think, I think the relationships um, and the characters were early on were, were enjoyably developed. I enjoyed... The dialogue, Batista really is. I've always enjoyed my camera, but he's he, so understated and so likable and and uh, vulnerable for a beast. So vulnerable, he forces nothing. He doesn't try to be the tough guy. Um, I think just I think he's had either he's got the greatest instincts or he's had some really good people uh, guiding him and directing him and who get him. Um, really good stuff um 
I thought, I thought it was well cast. A lot of people whose work I wasn't familiar with and really enjoyed their work throughout. Um, again, Snyder. Beautiful, nobody's ever denied beautiful visuals. I think he went a little heavy on the, on the shallow, on the shallow focus, shallow depth of field, little heavy on it. Now I think, I think it was a necessity because if, if I think you know this, um, they wrote, they literally had to cut out an entire character and replace it with another actor. The, now the, the comedian, uh, Tig, I forgot her name. She replaced Tignataro. Tignataro. She replaced, they literally cut out an entire other full character and she never met Batista. She never met him. She was never on set with him. So they did a phenomenal job of, of placing her in there. And she did a great job of reacting to whoever or whatever the hell she was reacting to. If you didn't know this, you wouldn't know this. And uh, I thought, yeah, I thought she was great. Smart, smart statement there. If you would, if you didn't know this, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know this. You know, if you didn't go, if you didn't know this going in, you wouldn't recognize it. And um, now that being said, you know, you, what you know, being a part of the film industry and knowing actually behind the scenes stuff of how they make movies, and I know you, you knew that this person was replaced. Were there times where you could tell? I was looking for it, so I don't know. I can't be objective about. I can't be objective about the question because I knew it. So I was looking. You know, I had heard going in that she didn't do a scene with Batista. So I was watching. Okay, she's never in frame with him. And the time she was in the same frame with him, it was the extreme, extreme shallow depth of field where either he was out of focus and she was in the foreground, or he was in the foreground and she was shallow. She was out of focus in the background. So you can see that throughout the movie. Um, they just they just do a real good job of of they were able to bring back a few people for her to work with to cut in. Um, but again, she was great. I, she cracked me up. Very funny. Loved the character. Um, the visuals. Um, I, 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 I would have liked to have seen a little more use of the Vegas tropes. I would have liked to have seen zombie Elvis. I would have liked to have seen a little more zombie showgirls. I would like to have seen things like that a little bit more. Now, obviously they didn't shoot in Vegas. They didn't have the ability to shoot in Vegas. So uh, there's a great doc on, on Netflix because obviously Netflix produced this. There's a great making of this on Netflix. So go watch it. It's really, they really get into the, to all the detail, the special effects, how they did it, the previs. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Again, I didn't feel the two and a half. I enjoyed this thoroughly. The only reason I didn't watch it all the way through is when I started watching it late at night and I had to split it to the next day. But uh, I enjoyed this as a zombie movie. I enjoyed it as a heist movie. It was, I think it was a fun melding of two genres. I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I also think it was very different from Dawn of the Dead, yeah. his other zombie movie. Uh, there, there, you almost wouldn't necessarily know it was the same director. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't linked, even though they're both zombie movies. They didn't even seem like they were in the same family. That's not a bad thing. You know, they both to me, were. To me, the first you know, one, that was Dawn. He did Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Is that what it was? Yes. It was much more bleak, though it, though it was written by uh, James Gunn. Yeah. So it was fun. But it looked bleak. The tones were the were much more dark and dreary, and the yellows. Well, you know, Dawn of the Dead more is more. This is the end of the world. Yeah. Where Army of the Dead, even though there's zombies, as of you know the way the story is in the movie is they're contained. The world is still going on. We've contained the zombies in Vegas. It's not a problem for the world. So it's not the end of the world. It's just you know. Quarantine, don't go to Vegas. So it's not that big of a deal, relatively speaking. Where Dawn of the Dead is, it's the apocalypse, basically. Yeah. Well, here's my question for both of you, since you've seen it. 
Um, and pardon my crying, I'm, I'm eating habanero barbecue wings and I can't feel my face right now. So they've already greenlit and it's going to release later this year the animated prequel to Army of the Dead. Um, the talk now is that they're going to do at least two sequels to it. Do you think, and the sequels won't be directly tied to the story from what I understand, but be in the world of, do you think after this film, it warrants that? that it warrants more story here? Um, well, spoilers. We say spoilers, obviously, in the, in the front bumper of this, but spoilers here. Um, if anybody doesn't want to know, I, I really like these characters, and none of these fucking characters lived. Yeah. I, none. I, I mean, every, literally, everybody fucking is dead. Nobody survived this, this, uh, this thing. So now I'm like, I mean, it's kind of neat that, you know, he can go out and cast another group of, of actors that he can have fun with. And I think that's cool. You know, I think that's neat. Um, I, but I did get in the, 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 one of the benefits of his long movies, you can kind of attach to his characters. You spend a lot, you spend a lot of time with his characters in his movies. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize the prequels it was, it was, uh, was animated. That, that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Um, and you're um, furious. Was that I said you're furious about it. I hate good things and cartoons. <laughs> cartoons. Um, no, I, I meant to say before, I watched the first half of The Bad Batch, episode <laughs> one. I'll catch up with you guys. It was really good. I, I dug the shit out of it. Um, I, yeah, I like the movie. I'm ready for more in this world. What about you, Chad? You know, I don't know about the prequel, regardless of it being animated or not. I just feel like... Uh, it was fine with the way they built this world. I don't need to see anything more prequel, but as far as sequels, it's, it's like Rob said, you're not really going to continue on with these characters, but continuing on with this world. Yeah, I could see it. Um, and I, you know, I'd be all for it. Like I said, I'd like the movie overall. It's a thumbs up. It just didn't need to be two and a half hours. So I just, you know, I know the whole thing with the Justice League Center cut was it was four hours. So Netflix probably wants the goodwill of we're not reining him in or, you know, or, you know, the studios, we're not telling him to not yeah. go balls out as long as you want to make it or whatever. So I think he needs an editor a little bit, you know, with that. Uh, but yeah, I'd be all for a sequel to this. Absolutely. I dug it. Yeah. I, I think it's strange that Snyder, you know, he's not necessarily an auteur, but part of his style at this point is the director's cut. Like every single one of his movies that I can think of has a director's cut to it that's different than the studio release. You know what I mean? Even going back to Dawn of the Dead, 300 Watchmen. Watchmen has the ultimate cut, you know? So it's almost a part of his brand now, which is interesting to have the longer length of film. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I, I love Dawn of the Dead. I think he did a great job with that. Um, and I know I know Chad's a huge Justice League fan. I mean, it was okay. So I'm interested to see what happens with it. <laughs> um, well, let's move on to another film uh, that was released recently uh, that Chad and I both got to see in theaters. Um, and that would be Spiral from the Book of Saw. Hello, Detective Banks. Do you know where your officers are? So the stars <laughs> saw it. And I did. <laughs> yep, I... See saw movies in the theaters. Rob's back to the crappy jokes. My bad. I ran out of wings. <laughs> no more food. No more fun. 
I also like like before I ordered the wings, he told me I'm not gonna eat any. I don't know why you're doing this. And then he fucking cookie monstered that shit quicker than anything I've ever seen. Oh my god. There's two more left. I, I didn't eat all of them yet. <laughs> Go for dessert now. Um <laughs> tell me about Saw. I'm gonna watch your show. Let me watch your show. You guys tell me about what Saw. You guys, I hope Chad keeps saw saw. <laughs> so Chad, you saw Saw. Tell to me about Saw. So it was, you know, the first time being back in the movie theater since the pandemic. So in general, it, I've already got some goodwill built up because I'm I'm back at the movies. Uh, right. It, as far as Saw goes, I like the franchise. We talked about it in the, you know, I like the first movies somewhat and then it, they kind of go off the rails and this whatever. I just feel like this really was Saw Part 9. This did not really bring anything new to the Saw franchise. Uh, it just really seemed like Part 9. That's what it was. I mean, it, I know it was called Spiral, and they were saying, you know, we're bringing, I've got a new take or something like this, what they were saying, and I, it didn't seem new at all. Uh, I, I feel like a couple times in the movie, which, again, you've got Chris Rock in the movie, so why not do this? But it seemed like he was doing his stand-up like a couple of times. He was just doing his stand-up routine yeah. in the movie. And then now we're going to go catch a killer, which, which again, it's fine. You've got Chris Rock. I like, I think Chris Rock is one of the funniest people in the world or whatever. Um, so that's, that's fine. But I mean, all I can say about it is it was fine. It was stall. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. Yeah. I, I feel the same exact way. I feel like this movie had some really bad ADR scenes uh, that just stuck out to me from a technical standpoint. But I also, you know, I saw New Mutants and Tenet in theater during the quarantine. Um, and then things just sort of shut down a little bit more after that. So I went to go see this and it was showing on an IMAX screen, which was way too intense for this movie, I feel. But I feel that they thought they were bringing something new to the series by the cop angle because it really does take a look at police corruption. Um, but I feel all of the other Saw movies do that as well. So I feel you're not adding any sort of dialogue to, to what this horror franchise is. I think some of the kills were exactly what you wanted. They were brutal. Uh, the dude from Letterkenny that mumbles a lot got a really brutal death right at the beginning of the film, spoiler alert. Um, and this one doesn't have Jigsaw in it. And those are the two things I can think of that are different. Um, Jigsaw's picture shows up, but they really don't. <clears throat> it is the only slasher flick I can think of that, well, other than Friday the 13th Part 5, that's about a copycat killer. Uh, there's no tie-in, you know? Um, I thought Chris Rock had some good moments and had some really bad moments. Samuel L. Jackson was great all the way through because he's Samuel L. Jackson. Um the Chris Rock's partner was great. I really liked him. And uh, yeah, what was your favorite murder from the movie? Uh, so the one that like was almost that I couldn't watch and it, and it wasn't the grossest, but it was the one where uh, she was laying down and it was like the needle. And if in order to survive, you had to like lay back all the way and sever your spinal cord. So you'd be paralyzed for life. And I was like, oh my gosh, that that was just like a horrible, they're all horrible decisions. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like the guy with the tongue, but they're all, 
but that one was just like, oh, it's such a horrible thing that you've got to do there. You, you know, and, you're going to be paralyzed. And I think to me, my, my favorite of those gruesome things, I mean, you watch a slasher flick, especially when you're watching something that's torture porn driven as size, you walk away with like, which one was your favorite trap? Um, the result, the end result of that one, because there's literally that to set up what that trap is. Uh, she basically is stuck on something and she has to, in order to stop the machine, she has to sever her spine, like chat said. Otherwise, hot wax is going to pour onto her face and melt her. Jesus Christ. They show the aftermath of her melted face, and it was fucking gruesome. Um, but but I feel if you wanted to do something different with the Saw franchise, you shouldn't got a director that did three of the Saw movies. You know, exactly. I mean? That's what they did. And so it's like, even the way you're shooting the, the traps is the same exact way as you did before. Um, which I get wanting to be a part of the franchise, but if you also want to distinguish yourself as something different, you need to try a little bit. You need to try something different, you know? Um, and I, I feel they didn't do that. It was fine. It was cool being in a movie theater. I ate too much popcorn. It was fun. Well, you know, the other thing that you had said about what they were doing, which is maybe a little bit different, was the fact that, you know, um, Jigsaw wasn't in it and it was like a copycat type yeah. situation. But even in prior Saw movies... Jigsaw. While he's he, Jigsaw's in it, but there are copycat killers. Like you know, he might have a protege that's actually doing the stuff. Even in Jigsaw, which is it's like a prequel slash sequel, because they you know a lot of the Saw movies they mess around with time. But there is you know the whole thing is it's a copycat Jigsaw killer in that. It's yeah. all ground that we have went over before. I mean, and it really is. And it feels like this guy, who I liked him, I thought he was great in what he was doing, but I did want there to either be a complete severance from the idea of Jigsaw as a killer or find a new way to attack that. You know, even in this movie, they talk about the followers of Jigsaw, but they say the word cult, which I don't really remember being a word they used a lot in the previous movies. So play up that angle. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. But instead, this killer had no connection to Jigsaw whatsoever. Yeah, like if like if it was like you said, a cult. It was a bunch of people doing it, yeah. you know, uh, all over the the country. Yeah, even you know what I mean. That, something like that. I know we could still concentrate on Chris Rock. I mean, kind of like Signs. We concentrate on Mel Gibson. This is going around the whole country. Uh, you know, that'd be a, a nice way to approach it as well. But yeah, 100%. but again, it's Saw Nine. It's That's Saw. what it is. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, so that that, um, and I think that's all the movies that we saw. Um, we have uh, some trailers, a new section called Keith watched a bunch of movies, and Rob hates trailers and all things that are good, and then some news to cover. So let's just go ahead and dive straight into the trailers that we did see. Um, yeah. let's look at some coming attractions. Coming soon. First up, we have Last Night in Soho. Do you believe in ghosts? Um, so Last Night in Soho, uh, is directed by Edgar Wright. Um, uh, it stars 
uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Jesse Miley, and Matt Smith. Uh, it's a young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. Uh, and Thomas and McKenzie is, is also one of the main actresses in this, Diana Rigg, Terrence Stamp, um, just a great looking cast. <laughs> a very cool looking film. What did you guys think about this trailer? And I say you guys, but I should just really go, Chad, what did you think about this trailer? You think Rob would have watched this one being at your house right when we were talking I, about I it? I right? watched it with him, but I'm sure he didn't remember any of it. I what? What did we watch? Where's this? <laughs> I think Chad. Well, I don't even, yeah, I was going to say, what is he doing? <laughs> Trying to give me vertigo. Uh, it looked uh, super weird. Uh -huh. It looked like, you know confusing in the sense that you don't really know what's going on it's not straightforward obviously with the girl the main girl looking in the mirror and it's seeing Anya Taylor-Joy and it's almost like she's becoming Anya Taylor-Joy or what's actually happening it, it's not explained you know in the thing uh it was certainly enough for me to want to watch the movie it's, it's Edgar Wright it's a horror movie I'm going to check it out but what I loved I absolutely loved in this trailer was the very end of the trailer, the freeze frame, yeah. where it looked like the the film, you know, stock was cut. It just reminded me of like a 1960s trailer or something like that. Just something super old school. And I just like, oh, that's awesome how it looked at the end of that trailer. I thought that was a great touch. Mm -hmm. Rob, what did you think? I, I thought it was beautiful, you know, and I'm, I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. And interestingly, when Keith and I were watching this, you know, a lot of directors have a, have a certain style and, and their movies have a singular feel about them. And you can sort of recognize their movies by them uh, and then by their movies. Um, had I not known going in that this was an Edgar Wright movie, I would not have picked up on the fact that, that this is an Edgar Wright film. It, it felt singular and different. It was beautifully shot. Not that his other movies aren't. It was just stunning. And, and at different times, it felt like different genres. Early on, it felt like, a really hip 1960s, almost almost as if they were going to break out into song, like it was about to be a musical. And then, then it felt very film noir, which was very cool. And then, and then it got creepy and thriller and almost horror esque. And it just, it, I got to tell you, it's one of the more recent trailers that I felt like it took me on a ride um, that I want to go back on. I thought it was beautiful. Um, look, the, Anya Anya Taylor Joy is ridiculous and thomas and mckenzie has been killing it and everything she's been doing i cannot i'm looking forward to this very much yeah to, to me I, I love edgar wright i think he's he, obviously it's one of the best directors we have working today um but he tackles style with every single film and tackles style in a different way like it's hard for me to say that scott pilgrim versus the world feels anything like baby driver or or you know a hot fuzz or Shaun of the dead or any of it Every single type of movie, he gets so immersed into the language of cinema that that film supports. And I feel like with this one, it looks like a giallo horror, horror film. It looks like Dario Argento all fucking day long. It the looks, colors were very giallo. Yeah, and it looks like a, a trailer that I would have picked that uh, Chad would have been like, well, y'all, I don't like this. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of film it looked like to me. But at the same time, I think it's going to be, I think I can see through the story already. I think it's going to be sort of a stir of echoes 
solve the crime for me story. Um, but I'm fucking here for it because Edgar Wright telling me a ghost story, sign me the fuck up. Anya Taylor Joy slash my future bride, sign me the fuck up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just here for it all day long. Um, I, good. I was gonna say one of the things I meant by you know, there's a certain dark sense of humor that he's got that seems to permeate a lot of his movies. I didn't necessarily feel that here. I didn't, you know, I, I, you know, it's his movies tend to wrap around a group of quirky guys and it's and uh, all with kind of dark senses of humor. And this just felt like a departure to me, but, but beautiful. I mean, it's, I think he's growing as a filmmaker on top of already being great. He's just getting better. I, I'm looking forward to this immensely. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I'm also looking forward to this next uh, selection, this next trailer that we saw for a new film called The Protégé. You keep this up, you're gonna die. I just wanted to end their life. And anyone standing in my way. So directed by Martin Campbell, uh, rescued as a child by the legendary assassin Moody, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and trained in the family business, Anna, played by Maggie Q, is the world's most skilled contract killer. But when Moody, the man who was like a father to her and taught her everything she needs to know about trust and survival, is brutally killed, Anna vows revenge. As she becomes entangled with an enigmatic killer played by Michael Keaton, whose attraction to her goes way beyond cat and mouse, their confrontation turns deadly and the loose ends of a life spent killing will weave themselves even tighter. In addition to Samuel L. Jackson, Maggie Q, and Michael Keaton, it also stars Robert Patrick, who I'm always fucking happy to see in any movie. Um, it looks like an action-packed film from the studio that brought us John Wick and the director of Kino, Casino Royale and Green Lantern. Um, yeah, what, what did you guys think about the trailer for The Protégé? Go ahead, kill it, Chad. I'm yeah. stuffing my face with grease. Yeah, so... I didn't know anything about this when I actually saw this. This was in front of Spiral. Yeah. Uh, so I got to see this on the big screen. So it was pretty cool. Uh, I do like Maggie Q a lot. I, you know, I don't think that she's in enough stuff, but I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, and, it, you know, conversely, Sam Jackson is in everything, it seems like. Good so, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Like he works all the time. Uh, it just seems like it could be very interesting and fun. Um, I, but what I, but I, what I think though that I'm really going to enjoy in this movie is the dynamic between Maggie Q and Michael Keaton. I think you know Michael Keaton being a bad guy. We've seen him. You know he's great as a bad guy, but he's enamored or infatuated with Maggie Q. Um, so that I like how they're attacking it from that angle. It looks very interesting in that regard. This is a delicious potato chip. Let me just tell you that right off the bat um i love michael keaton you know i think everything he does feels unpredictable you know you know you don't know what's coming out of his mouth uh, from moment to moment he keeps you on edge i think he generally chooses really good scripts my I, you know i kind of when, when the trailer came up and it said millennium films i'm like oh christ this is gonna be a mess but you know it's a pretty good pedigree here you got martin campbell who, when he's on, he's on. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, who's always good. Um, Maggie Q, who I'm a big fan of. But Michael Keaton is, he's legendary to me. He's, he, he is great every time, what he does. And that's what makes this interesting to me, to see him going toe-to-toe with these, going, him going toe-to-toe with Samuel L. Jackson again. 
him going toe-to-toe with Maggie Q. And it looked like a lot of fun. It looked, it looked like they spent their money. The production value looks good. Um, Good-looking stunts. Um, I, I was laughing. I go, by the studio that brought you John Wick. Okay. You know, that's not necessarily the filmmakers. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such trickery when they say that. It's so um, funny. But um, it's like saying by the channel that brought you. Shut the fuck up. Um, uh, but it looks great. I, again, Keaton's in it, which surprised me. I was like, oh, interesting. You know, and because, again, he usually picks pretty good. Something about this. He just doesn't work for the sake of working, Michael Keaton. He, he's, he's very picky. And um, yeah, Herbie fully loaded. He's yeah, very exactly. Picky. So you know how good that script must have been. <laughs> um, so I'm in. I will watch that two years after it comes out for free on some channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really dug it. Um, uh, but, but at the same time, I I am the same way. I probably won't rush out to see it, though. I love everybody in it, but. <clears throat> I don't know. It, it did look fantastic. It looked very entertaining. I love everybody. I love Maggie Q. I think she's phenomenal. I'm excited to see her being a leading woman because she deserves that in, in a big, you know, blockbuster film. Um, but uh, while I might be a little trepidatious with that one, I think I have a little bit more caution for our next film. The next, next film is a genre film entitled Snake Eyes. So directed by Robert Schwintka, it's really hard to say his last name. Uh, it's a G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character of Snake Eyes. That's all the description of the story uh, IMDb gives about what the story is. And that's probably because this thing looks like shit. Henry Golding is played by Snake Eyes. Uh, Henry Golding plays Snake Eyes. Andrew Cody <laughs> plays Stone Shadow. Golding well. Yeah. Uh, Samara Weaving plays Scarlet. I love, love her. her. Love uh, her. Urs- Ursula Corbero plays the Baroness. Iko I- uh, uh plays Hardmaster, and Iko is fantastic. You know him from The Raid. Uh, Haruka Abe plays Akiko. Um, so you have some G.I. Joe characters in it, but it doesn't, to me, look necessarily like the Snake Eyes I've come to know and love. Chad, were you a G.I. Joe fan growing up? How does this uh, feel for you? Out of all the 80s cartoons, G.I. Joe was probably my favorite. I had the most toys uh i was a big fan of gi joe uh and snake eyes was my favorite character out of all of them so uh you know just i did not feel the same way that you keith or i think rob too because you mentioned it i i didn't think it looked like horrible to me i didn't think it looked amazing like i can't wait to see it or anything like that uh to me, that it was just a tease, first of all, so we didn't really see a whole lot. But the opening, the dudes on the, the bikes and things like that, it, it kind of reminded me of uh John Wick a little bit, like you know, the the bike sword fight scene. It seemed like that's what they were going for with that. It did, but that being said, it definitely is not Snake Eyes because he's talking, he's not wearing his helmet, he's not like. Keith is saying he's not the snake eyes that you know, but it is an origin story. So I'm hopeful and I will watch anything that Samara Weaving is in. I love her. She is my favorite young actress of the moment. I love her so much. 
And I'm assuming, Rob, you don't have a lot of history in G.I. Joe cartoon. Not at all. It, it's, uh, it, it fell in between the timelines of my life. Um, um, the only thing I know about G.I. Joe is that he was a doll. And I remember the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. What I grew up with. That was exciting. There was a G.I. Joe doll. And then one, one year, they came out with G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. And that was the most exciting thing in the country at the time. It was probably 1973. Um, I'll have to go back and check. The only thing that's, that makes me interested in this movie, and, it, and it, she's phenomenal, is Samara Weaving. I think she's awesome. I think she is a future. She's a huge star. I've loved her in everything so far. I thought the trailer of this movie looked like the most recent G.I. Joe movies, you know, which was, I mean, did I, I hated the first one. I enjoyed, I don't know if it was the second or third one where they all get wiped out at the beginning and you're left with The Rock and Bruce Willis. <laughs> you know? was just, there's, there's only been two. Okay. So that would have been the second, the second one, one when they kind of retold it. Yeah. And um, and that was fun. It was it was what it was. It was, it was fine. Um, this one just it looked the exact same, and just with less with less people, I'm interested in watching. You know, not that Henry Gold is not good. He's he's very good. Hey. I just I have no connection to this, and it's the trailer did nothing for me as far as exciting me to get me out to watch it. Um, again, I'll, I'll three years from now, if I'm on my couch and it pops up, I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. But that's that's all. I hope it's awesome. I hope I'm again like everything. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's phenomenal, and I am just browbeaten to go see it in the theater because that's what I want. I, I mean, I hope that it's like this is the start of like the GI Joe cinematic universe. I mean, you know, give me all of them. That's what I want. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like the first film, the first GI Joe film, was directed by the same guy who did the Mummy. Um, you could tell because there's a lot of Mummy, you know, cast members in it too. And I think that one generally feels like the cartoon franchise. Um, because it feels kitschy. It feels toy-driven, you know what I mean? Whereas G.I. Joe Retaliation, I'm in that movie, um, but I will say it feels like it was trying to be Fast and the Furious at the time Fast and the Furious was becoming itself. Um, this one, I just didn't see enough of Snake Eyes. Now, granted, I'm used to Snake Eyes being the silent type, clearly. Um, and, right. and I and I feel we'll get there, but Henry Golding's just a smooth motherfucker. So it's hard for me to sort of come to terms with this being the character I've adored as the quiet ninja, you know? Um, and also a weird avenue into G.I. Joe. If we are rebooting it, this is a weird way to get there. Uh, well, I feel like that, you know, and I may be wrong, but I feel like Snake Eyes might be the most popular G.I. Joe character. Agreed. Agreed so. If he's the most popular, it's like X-Men Origins Wolverine. Exactly. Which, you know, that's what they're doing. That's what they're trying to do. The most popular, let's let's do let's do that route. Yeah. In the hopes that, you know, this kicks off something. Uh, but Rufus, I want to ask, in G.I. Joe Retaliation, uh, who were you? A shipwreck? Is that who you were? <laughs> yeah, I, the no, uh, the movie was a shipwreck. I was <laughs> a, I was just a sniper at the beginning of the film. So um, yeah. gotcha. Um, you know, side note with G.I. Joe, you know, so as a kid collecting the toys, I remember uh, they create, you know, they introduced a new character, Lifeline. I don't know if you think if you remember Lifeline, he was like a medic yeah. and his whole gimmick was he was a pacifist. And I remember there was an episode 
where they're trying to give him a gun to do something. And he's like, guns, I hate guns. I'm, I'm here to help people. I don't like guns or whatever. And then his toy comes out and it comes with lifeline, his medic pack. And uh, you guessed it, a gun. And I was like, even as a kid, I was like, this is ridiculous. His character is a pacifist. And he said on the show, he wants nothing to do with guns, but they got to sell these toys to kids. Here's a gun. And he's, he's like early on before you get to Serpentor or whatever the fuck he goes. And I remember that's lifelines why I know what the Hippocratic Oath is. Because uh, I remember him saying, do no harm, like is a vivid memory in my mind. Um, <laughs> but I also feel like that's the problem with I, I, these franchises is sometimes, and I think the same thing with Mortal Kombat, you're not they're not fundamentally aware of the important and significant things of the franchise from the fans perspective, right? Um, Even if you did this trailer and you sold it to me as this is the untold story of snake eyes, you will now know how this came to be. And knowing is action, action, half action, action, the action, action battle snake eyes. Like I would jizz my pants 65 times just seeing that you know what i mean giving me that little bit much awareness of what this property is um but i don't know just like rob they're just in it for the money um but speaking (laughs) of the money what's going to make all the fucking money is our next uh trailer and next film which is the mcu's eternals and it when you said good Thank you for this. So directed by Oscar winning Chloe Zhao, the Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on earth and shaped its history and civilizations is a film starring Angelina Jolie, Sama Hayek, Jimma Chan, Richard Madden, Kit Harington, Kamal Nanjiani, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Barry Keoghan, uh, Lauren Ridloff, Ma Dong Sok, uh, Leah McHugh, the list goes on and on. I don't know half these people, but they fucking are awesome. Uh, the Eternals, again, if we're unfamiliar with that, were beings created within the Marvel Universe by the Celestials. Uh, humanity was branched off into three different branches, one being humans, one being deviants, and the other being near-perfect entities known as the Eternals. This is our second look at this film, which differs from the normal fare of the MCU. Um, Chad, I know this trailer is dividing a lot of people. One schmuck on the podcast included. How do you feel about the trailer for Eternals? No schmucks allowed. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just a tease. So, you know, there wasn't a lot in terms of story, mm-hmm. but visually it looked beautiful. Uh, like every shot looked awesome. And I know it's a trailer and that's what they're trying to do. They're selling it. There's a nice mix of big stars with Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, and up-and-coming stars, or maybe not quite huge, but might be huge. Like Kamal, the dudes from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Kit Harrington, and uh, I can't remember the other guys, but Rob Stark, yeah. uh, Gemma, all of those. It just it seems like it's going to be a great cast. Mm-hmm. And it it just looked incredible. It really did. 
I know that again, there was not a whole lot to the story. Uh, it was funny at the end, you know, how they kind of threw that on at the end just to, to remind people, hey, this is still in the Marvel universe, and you know, we're we're talking about Captain America and Iron Man, so it's uh, you know, don't think this is off on its own. We're going to be talking about that, but I'm really surprised that Rob is going to poop on this trailer because they even kind of say what he his big issue is is where were these guys why don't they come around when thanos is here and they even say we've never interfered until now so clearly they're setting up that this is something important yeah not that thanos doing what he did wasn't important but i feel like they're going to address what you care about the most rob you want every movie to have every single marvel hero in it because otherwise they have to all save they the day be a gathering of all yes always has to be that way um, and they can't create new characters with new movies because otherwise you'll say well why where the hell were they not in that last movie <laughs> this was the best trailer i've ever seen <laughs> i mean from the opening shot it would be it was epic the, the score, my, I had goosebumps. I grew hair on top of my goosebumps. Um, look, it's beautifully shot. Chloe Zhao is clearly a phenomenal director. Um, look, no matter what I say about this trailer, am I going to see this movie five times? Yeah, probably in the first three, four weeks. I can't wait to see it. Um, um, it's cast well. Um, it just, It was just slow. I felt like I was watching... A beautifully well shot. I, I can't even describe what I saw. It was. It, there was nothing wrong with it. It just. It didn't. It didn't excite me. I wasn't. Motivating. Oh my god! I can't wait to see this next installment of this. Will I see it? Sure. Have I liked every single Marvel, Marvel movie so far? Yeah, I fucking liked the second Thor movie, and I liked the Hulk for the love of Christ. I'm probably going to love this movie compared to those movies. But if we're going by just the trailer, nah, I mean, I, would, I wasn't that excited. So, and that, and the tag, I almost wish they didn't put the tag on at the end because it felt so forced. Hey, now that Captain America's gone and Iron Man, then who's going to lead the Avengers? Well, I would. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to slap Kamal and Johnny for that fake laugh. I, for the love. The whole thing felt like, I, I don't know, it felt forced. Am I going to see it? Yeah. Is it going to be awesome? Yes. Is it going to be Academy Award? Probably a couple. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I'll be there. I'm not there. Look, I love Angelina Jolie. Give me more Angelina Jolie. I love Sam, Sam Hayek. Richard Madden, I've seen do a lot of good stuff. I, did, I, I have not seen Game of Thrones. So a couple of these guys, though I've seen their work and other things, I haven't seen them at, at, at that. Kamel Nanjani makes me laugh every time except for the end of this trailer. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry is awesome. I hope he gets all the screen time. He's nothing but entertainment. Entertainment? He's nothing but entertaining. No, he represents entertainment. Yeah, I think that's right. He does. Barry Keegan, who his name may not be familiar to a lot of people, has done some really interesting work over the past few years. Um, he's got to be playing a bad guy. Druig, I don't know much yeah. about these characters. Druig's a bad guy. Um, he's just... I mean, he just got the face for a bad guy. But he, and what, what has he been in? I'm looking right now. Oh, he was in Chernobyl, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, American Animals. Loved it. Killing of Sacred Deer. Bizarre. Um, I know I've seen him in a lot of shit. I just, I'm trying to figure out 
Oh, Dunk. He was George and Dunkirk. Okay. Shit. Okay. Um, he's he's in the Green Knight coming out. Looking forward to seeing that. Shit. He's well, in the I, Batman. I think it's like with Damn. with Eternals. It really is a Game of Thrones type of story. So so yeah. many characters are turning on each other. My mouth is fucking on fire. Oh my god. But yeah, so many characters are turning on each other, and there's such a a court of intrigues sort of thing going on that so many people are bad guys, you know, according to the comics. So it'd be interesting to see how that translates into the film. Also, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is playing the first openly gay superhero. We have the first openly deaf superhero. I'd openly, the first deaf superhero. Um, And what surprises me too about the film is Angelina Jolie's character, if we go by the comics, is not the lead by any stretch of the imagination. So for me, she's a superstar who happens to look like one of my ex-girlfriends. So it's interesting to me. She does. I'll show you a picture later. Um, that this feels like more an ensemble piece than anything else. That we're who would not- you say the lead? I'm not, I'm not, and again, I'm not even debating. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a lot of familiarity with the Eternals. Is it Ajax? Who's, who's the lead? I would say it's either Jim Chan or Richard, um, or uh, it's probably Richard Matt. I mean, it could be Jim Chan uh, as well. It could be a dual thing, but yeah. to me, typically it's Richard Madden's character that's on the cover. He's the guy in the middle almost every time when Which it's a shot of the Eternals. The purpose of that joke at the end, I, I think that that Captain Rogers and Iron Man who can replace them and him speaking up. Yeah, it seems like a dumb joke, but I think that's a huge character point because I think that's establishing what our arc for Icarus is going to be. That he's going to be someone that no one takes seriously as a hero at the beginning, middle of the story. By the end, he will emerge as the leader of the Eternals and everyone will be like, yep, he is the the one who deserves this. And I think that's sort of the plot that we're going to see take place there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a good transition, but I fucking ate too many habanero pepper wings, and that was spicy. Much like this next trailer for the Forever Purge. The annual purge will conclude in three, two, one. Directed by Everardo Gout, uh, all the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decide that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end. Uh, starring Anna de la, Anna de la Reguera, uh, Levin Ramblin, Josh Lucas, Cassidy Freeman, Will Patton, Veronica Falcone. Um, this seems to be the 900th film in the franchise, but it takes a new spin being constantly political politically relevant in its subject matter and releases it tries to analyze what happens if this isolated idea extends beyond its original limitations chad what did you think about the first trailer for the forever purge it's funny because they take the conceit of the purge and throw it out the window yeah and you would you might be thinking you know the pitch meeting or something it's like Oh, forget everything that you know. We're throwing it off the window. But all they're doing now is taking what, you know, I thought made Purge interesting and making it like any other crazy horror film. It, you know, it's, it's kind of like 
hey, we're going to make Predator Part 5. But the twist is there's no Predators in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, th- then you're not making Predator. So, you know, I'm going to watch this because the I watched the Purge movies. You know, they're fine. They're popcorn fun as far as that goes. I feel like in the Purge movies, though, uh, and this is true in a lot of horror movies, but it's particularly bad in the Purge. I think people are so dumb on Purge night. If, if the purge is coming, you don't do a road trip yeah. the day of the purge. If the purge is coming, you know, Ethan Hawke is not like, uh, oh, I almost forgot to close the, the shutters before the purge started. Like, that's not how people would be if purge was a real life thing. Yeah. So I just feel like people act dumb in this. And this is just, again, like I said, they're just taking what the purge is and just throwing it out the window. So now it's just crazy people. I mean, it might as well, you know, be the hills have eyes, you know, whatever. It's fine. You know, yeah. I'm going to watch it, but that's what it's like now. It's not the purge anymore. Rob, how did you feel that? How many did Grillo do? Did Grillo do a couple of these? Two, I think. He did two and three. Yep. He was good in these. I, I mean, he's good. He's good in everything. He's lunatic, but he's good in everything. Um, I, you know, it, look, it looks fine. It looks good. Through. I like the fact that they're, they're, they're kind of shaking it up a little bit by going, well, we're not going to follow the rules of the purge. So fuck you. So it's just anarchy. But, um, Trivia right here. It says Jason Blum talked with Sylvester Stallone about starring in this movie. I oh. kind of wish Stallone would have taken it. That would have been kind of cool. You know, um, I will say the, the Purge movies tend to get great actors in their. Josh show. Lucas is in this. I mean, this Anna De La Guerra. Is she Conley in one? Who? Jennifer Conley? Mm, I don't think. I don't remember that. Here, let me. Uh, who, who, who's the wife in the first movie? Uh, Lena Headley or something? Like it that? is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember Jennifer Connelly being in this, but I thought she was in the first purge. This Anna De La, De La Reguera, oh, okay. she's in, she's in uh, what we just watched here. I just watched in Army of the Dead. The, the the female lead in this. Will Patton's in this? I love Will Patton. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if Will Patton was in the trailer, but I did not recognize I, I, didn't, I don't uh, remember in the trailer either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably thinking of Marissa Tomei. She's in the first purge. I am. I just exactly I'm thinking. But it's still a huge Was yeah. that the first one she was yeah. in? I thought she was in what was the one that was like well, maybe that was the first one. No, what, what the, the reason why you're a little confused, Rob, is because like part four is a prequel called The First Purge. Yes, yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly and right. And she, Marissa Tomei plays the person who actually creates the purge. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. The, the thing I like about this trailer, I, I, I do agree with you. The conceit of the purge is what if we took all of the bad things and concentrated them onto one night? But I, I like the conceit of this saying, even if we did that, some people would still not have justice and they would misuse that violence for a thing to separate us within classes and to be relevant in discussing that that whole section of mexico's opening their border for six hours for americans to seek asylum asylum was great um and that sort of i love the fact that the purge does and i feel they do it better than the saw franchise even is ask these philosophical socio-political questions that would be pertained to if this was a real scenario you know what i mean um and i really enjoy that i, I enjoy that aspect of the movies I, I think it looks cool josh lucas killing some guy with a hammer was pretty awesome that was a good shot yeah yeah that was a good shot that shot actually reminded me of uh, one of the shots of mandalorian where boba fett was introduced in his uh in his uh in his uh uniform right yeah. he was swinging that stick and he, there was a shot of him coming down and destroy the helmet of one of those guys. Um, 
You just sounded like a drunk Rhode Islander describing. I, right, right, right. He had a uniform and a stick. Yeah. And he, I would call it his armor, but uniform, you. that's fine. Armor, Whatever. Costume didn't sound right. <laughs> Bad day. Well, got to check on in. Get my name tag on. <laughs> that was a great Boba Fett impression, by the way, Keith. Oh, my gosh. John Myers. Um, well, th- that wraps up our trailers. But what we're going to do now is a new section called uh, Rob fucking hates doing what we ask him to do. And so what I'm going to do, since Rob hates trailers, I'm just going to break through some trailers that I think I all of our audience members, them. Uh, all of our audience members, which is Mel Prago, should go watch because I think they're great. Chad seen some of this. Are you drinking all my fucking coffee? It's like 10 o'clock at night. Not um, all of uh, so I'm just going to run through these trailers in bullet form. I'm going to put some music in here. Oh my God, wasn't that music so good? Uh, and I'm just going to lightning round through these. Chad, I know you've seen some of these. Rob, you probably know some of the words I'm going to be saying. So if at any point you have anything you want to put in, feel free. I'm just going to go with them. Uh, trailer quick. hooked up to my car and my truck. Yeah. So the first one I, I think people should be watching. Edgar Wright, we already talked about him with Last Night in Soho, but he actually has a second film coming out. This one's a documentary called The Sparks Brothers. What? And the Sparks Brothers is a documentary about this band of musicians that have been influential as musicians, musicians, um, that, that have never seemed to get their notoriety or popularity within the modern world. Uh, this trailer looks irreverent. It looks funny. It looks entertaining. It just looked like a blast. Uh, Chad, did you happen to see this one? Yes, I did see it. It was on the list. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? So this is, this is going to be a stupid question. Uh, is this fake or true? It's fake, right? It's true. It's true. It's true. Okay. <laughs> I kept like going back and forth the whole time. I was like, okay, this is fake. Well, I don't know. No, it's fake. It, it, I mean, it had a little bit of spinal tap to it. Yeah. As far as that goes. Uh, but at the end, I was just like, what was that? What did I just watch? Like, it was so freaking weird. Weird. And the two, the brothers, if you will, they looked straight up like actors that they had makeup on. They were clearly not real people. But they were You're telling me they're real. They're real. Yeah. I, I stand by what was that? I don't even know them. Yeah, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, go check it out if you if you haven't yet. The Sparks Brothers. And moving right along because we're going to do this at bullet pace. Uh, the next one is for a series on Netflix called Tress, uh, spelled T R E S E. Uh, Tress is based on a Filipino comic book, um, and it tells the story of basically a demon hunter, a badass underworld sort of character but from Filipino origins. And it seems like it's bringing some of the Filipino culture into an anime setting and broadening it, letting people know more about it. And it goes beyond just eating hollow hollow. It's like a a lot of cool mythology and stories and linguistic things. It just looks like an awesome fucking independent anime that Netflix has picked up. Uh, I don't think that one was on the list. So if you haven't seen it, no worries. Awesome. Let's move right along. Next one is another animated, uh, project called Hotel Transylvania 4 Transformia which sees the fourth installment of the Hotel Transylvania franchise where the son-in-law becomes a monster so he fits in and in turn all of the other monsters become human 
Um, so it looks like a lot of fun. I don't think I've seen all the Hotel Transylvanias, but I like Adam Sandler. Uh, did you see this one? I like Adam Sandler. Uh, I haven't seen the Hotel Transylvanias either, but I mean, they must be doing something, right? This is part four. Fuck yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine Hahn, Keegan-Michael Key, I'm reading, Fran Drescher, and Andy Sandberg, Spade, Buscemi. I love Sandberg. I mean, he, he's hilarious. Jim Gaffigan's in this, Molly Shannon, Selena Gomez. It's great cast. Great cast. Selena Gomez plays the daughter, I think. I think. Yeah, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of them are in all of them. I mean, I'm sure there's new voice actors for this one as well, but yeah. a lot of those are just part of his family that are in every movie. Well, I, I'm always a sucker for that Adams Family monsters sort of monster family sort of uh, environment. So I'm I'm down for this. Um, uh, next, the Adam Sandler family, Adams Family, Adams. Thank you very much. Try the veal. So nice Rob's no longer part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Eat another chicken wing. I wish. Um, left. Next, we have the Friends reunion trailer. Oh yeah. I don't I give a shit that. about Friends, but it's happening. I saw the trailer. I don't give a shit. Do you guys it's give a shit? I, I mean, I, I give a shit in the fact that I'm going to watch it. Uh, the thing. Yeah. I, I love Friends. Mm. Yeah. I, and I, I, This is not a narrative. They're just being interviewed. So that's not really like, oh, I can't wait to see it or anything like that. But that being said, I will watch this just to see what, you know, yeah, what they do, what they talk about it's a big thing for HBO max. Like it's going to pull a lot of people in, I think for it, just to see all those people together again, because I recognize that show is a popular one. Even the way Rob uh, assholingly names these episodes is sort of based on the friends format. Um, yeah. Rob, uh, you I invented that. Friends? <laughs> yeah, he did. They call it Rob. How should we name our episodes? Well, let me tell you. Very random. Very random. Uh, I, look, the show was the show has touched gazillions of people. You know, when it was on Netflix, I believe Netflix had it for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, when they had that in the office, those shows, you know, the, the articles you'd read about it were how all over the world, just new people were finding this show for the first time. And the ratings were not as high as they were back in the day when it was just primarily networked. But they were the highest, some of the highest rated, highest viewed shows on Netflix um, when they had them. And it's, you know, it's good. It was well cast, well written. It was very, very funny. Keith doesn't like fun things. He's, you know, if it's not artsy or if it's not edgy or if it's not anime, you know, if they don't talk about their dicks, you know, which, you know, if you really watch Friends, they kind of do well, often. So you might really I was about like, to say, I feel like they do. Yeah. But Keith didn't think they would, so we didn't watch it. I guess. And yeah, he was like wow. eight o'clock network TV. Gonna no be, way that's going to be racy. I got to go back to hot topic. Like that. <laughs> looking, looking for dick references on Friends. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to catch up with these guys. I mean, it's it's uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Now Matt LeBlanc looks like he fucking swallowed a couple of basketballs. What the hell happened there? Did you see the trailer? Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I did. So it was funny because when we would watch friends uh later you know in reruns and things like that we he doesn't mean me and him together by the way. right but we would talk about you know we talked about friends because we both loved it uh joey reminded me of rob oh yeah totally. just you know an actor ate all the time yep slept with hundreds and hundreds of women just oh. like joey 
Yeah. I mean, this he in the stories that you know, like maybe a woman Joey would do all this crazy stuff to get in a movie. That's Rob. You know, I'm not saying that there's not a million other actors that are like Joey as well, but Rob reminded me of Joey. So it's very funny that you were talking about Joey looked like he ate a couple basketballs or whatever you said. Now, because you're a little bit older yourself, buddy. (laughs) I will say, too, like, I feel that the Chandler Bing, Joey Tribbiani combo is like a staple, like, even of my writing. It's sort of like an archetypical pairing, you know what I mean? The one that's the sarcastic, intelligent, fast-paced talker and the idiot. No offense, Rob. I feel like that's... Yeah, I was definitely Chandler, and he was dumb Joey. Absolutely. while you were talking, I could see it. That's how they described us. Yes. Yeah. I was picturing you in all of the other Matthew Perry roles, though. Like a whole nine yards, three to tango. I saw you yeah. all. And I feel like, Keith, you're more like, I know you won't get this reference because you didn't watch Friends. You're more like a Phoebe. You're just like, okay. yeah, whatever. You know, Phoebe, yeah. she'll, she'll dabble in anything. Yeah. Smelly cat, smelly cat. What, what are they? Yeah, yep. that's you. Yeah. Um, well, so we can stop talking about friends for the love of fucking God. Let's move on to the next thing, which is fatherhood. Um, it's a trailer with Kevin Hart. It's about him as a single parent. Um, it's a soul crushing looking film, uh, but it looks great. It looks like a great starring vehicle for him. Uh, it looks very touching. Even in the trailer, there were some awesome dramatic performances that he was turning in that I felt. If you haven't seen that trailer, please check it out. Um, Another trailer that came out that I feel people should be watching, it's been kind of controversial, is Dear Evan Hansen. Um, So Dear Evan Hansen is a musical. The story is about a young boy who's seeking therapy. And part of his therapeutic exercise is to write notes to himself every day. He has a chance encounter with uh, another kid at school who happens to take hold of one of these notes uh, and then commits suicide. So when his parents find that note on him uh they assume there was this deep relationship and friendship between evan hansen and their son when in reality there was not uh, the cast of this is absolutely phenomenal uh the lead originated the role on broadway um so uh let me give ben platt um and won several awards for it but you also have julianne moore amy adams like it just looks like a great fucking great fucking production, great uh, people in this film. There's been a lot of drama and and controversy about the age of Ben Platt because he's in his 20s playing a high school student, which seems like most of these people have never checked on the ages of people. I think- No one's seen the movie Grease. Yeah. That was exactly- 90210. That's exactly what his thought was. Amazing Spider-Man, like Andrew Garfield was in his 30s when he was doing, you know, Peter Parker. so, but but it looks very interesting. I, I, I'm familiar with the musical, but even halfway through the trailer, I was like, oh, wait, they're fucking singing. That, that took me by surprise, you know? Yes. Um, but it's a very deep, intense plot. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. Feel free I saw to- the trailer. I did see this trailer. I, I knew nothing about the show on Broadway. So I, obviously when they, when they broke into the song, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Um, it caught me off guard. That being said, the trailer, God almighty, what, how- very thorough in its storytelling. I mean, it felt, you know, it's so funny. I, it, I watched it a, a few days ago. And in retrospect, it feels like I watched a movie. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I saw the entire movie. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not a, it's not a negative or positive comment. I just, 
I, I just felt like I got the entire story throughout it. And yeah. I, I, it was amazing how, how much information was, uh, was parlayed to me in that. Um, I, I've never seen Ben Platt before, at least I don't recognize him. And what a fascinating, interesting looking gentleman. And I think I, he looks very different in this. Like, let me okay. He does. The because Ben Platt was in pitch, the Pitch Perfect movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I know who Ben Platt is from that. And maybe I've seen him in a couple other things I don't really remember. But when I started watching this, I was like, man, that guy looks a little bit like Ben Platt. I was like, but it can't be Ben Ben Platt because he's older, not because an older person couldn't play this role. It just seemed like it was a different person. Yeah. And then when it was like him, I was like, oh my gosh, he does look like the same but different. It's hard to explain how they made him look. Did they maybe use prosthetics a little bit, nose or something? I I think it's the haircut, man. <laughs> just being I, 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 I don't know, but again, he looks like different but the same. I, I did like seeing uh, the girl from Booksmart. Yeah. And this, I like, I like her a lot. Uh, but, it, but to kind of echo what you said, Rob, as far as this trailer goes, it reminds me of something you said about a prior trailer about how it took you on a ride. This trailer like took you on the ride. Big and it's time. really, it's a roller coaster that took you all the way to the end though. Because again, they, except for like the, the final, final thing, you definitely saw all the beats of this movie. And you were like, you know, yeah, it looked, it looked powerful. Um, yeah. You know, it's, so, I don't remember seeing a trailer before where that many characters got a full arc trailer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I think it was a uh, Fate of the Furious. It's yes. the best uh, movie of all time. Uh, of all time. It was a trailer. But but another trailer that had a little powerful message to it is uh, respect. So the Aretha Franklin biopic that was shot here in Atlanta, Georgia. They just released the trailer for that. Um, it, it looks like it's going to win a shit ton of awards. I think it looks beautiful. Aretha Franklin's one of my favorite uh, singers. Uh, musicians of all time. The only gripe I'll have about this is the trailer sort of tries to, you know, and it's out of context clearly because it's just a scene, but it sort of tries to make it out like Aretha Franklin wrote the song Respect, which she did not. Uh, it was already a hit by the time she got to it by Otis Redding. Um, but uh, other than that, small me being a music nerd uh, fact, I loved it. I thought it looked great. Anybody else see the Respect trailer? I have not seen this yet. No worries. No, I haven't um, either. A couple of our buddies are in it. I don't want to say names because I, 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 they didn't show them in the trailer and all that stuff sort of thing. Um, uh, the next trailer up is another Netflix animated film called Wish Dragon. Uh, Wish Dragon basically tells the story of Aladdin. Um, but it's set in a modern time. A young man finds a teapot that has a dragon in it that will grant him three wishes. And yeah. his first wish is about being close once more with his old best friend. Um, and it looks like a very sweet Asian-centric film uh, that Netflix is pushing pretty hard. It looks absolutely delightful. So um, a lot of similarities with Aladdin, but I think it'll take some surprising spins in it. Uh, next, we have another foreign film uh, called We. Um, this one I just watched right before Rob got here. Um, and uh, W.E., it's based on a classic Russian novel, um, and it tells a story about a perfect society where everyone is homogenized, uh, and the visuals look fucking stunning and beautiful. This is probably one of my favorite, my top two trailers of the, the week. Um, and everything is perfect. Society, you are, you are um, deliberated a, a, a mate so you can have children 
all that sort of stuff. Everybody's house looks exactly the same. And then in walks a girl with a red dress who can play piano and it ruins everything. Um, so think of like The Giver. Think of that one trailer we reviewed about kids having sex in space or whatever the fuck that movie was. Think like that sort of vibe, but in this beautiful Tarsum Singh, Lars von Trier looking aesthetic all in Russian. So I advise everyone to go out and watch the trailer for We. Um, the next one is Monsters at Work, which I feel was just a couple of scenes, but Chad was the one that wanted us to look at these clips. Um, Monsters at Work is the new Disney Plus series following a group of workers from uh, the Scare Factory made popular by Monsters Inc. and Monsters University. Did you guys watch this uh, clip? I have not. Have they, uh, did they bring back familiar voices? Yep. They're back. Yeah. Everybody's back. So oh. John Goodman, Billy Crystal, we hear those in the trailer um, and a bunch of new cast and monsters like that. It looks cute. It looks cute as fuck. Well, well so the reason why I did suggest this is because uh, you, Keith, cry over every Pixar movie. So I was like, well, he's going to care about that. And then I also get to stick it to Rob to make him watch an animated film or not film because it's a show. And so it's like a double whammy. It's like perfect. Make Keith happy. Make Rob sad. Yeah. Don't push your luck. I'm watching The Bad Batch. Uh, and speaking of another animated thing, though, I don't think uh, Rob will watch this one. An anime series coming to Netflix called Eden tells the story of a single human growing up in a world full of robots where she finds the possibility of other humans out there. Um, to me, the concept was great. The bad guy looked like the Shredder meets Sauron. So I like that a lot. The animation was fucking weird. It was not my forte. It wasn't my, my cup of tea. Um, but it's an interesting idea and storyline. I don't know, Chad, did you get a chance to watch Eden, the trailer for that? Yeah, it, you know, it's hard for me to remember it, uh, but it did seem like that it was almost like a reverse Wally, you know, when I was watching it. It's what it kind of seemed like to me. Yeah. Uh, I, in general, am not a fan of anime. Um, I like Dragon Ball Z a lot, but Dragon Ball Z is about it. I don't like Akira. I don't like Ghost in the Shell. I don't like the big boys. So, I feel, yeah. I feel Dragon Ball is a franchise, is a, is a genre all to itself. You know what I mean? And that might be what, you know, why I find it different than the other stuff and I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Um, what's, it, what's it called again? What's the title? Eden, like the Garden of. I thought you said Eating. I was like, I like that. Yeah, well, No? Um, speaking of ass, I think <laughs> that's, not, that's not true at all. This next trailer kicks ass. Another one of my top three trailers of the, uh, the week is this next one an Apple TV series, Lizzie's Story, Lizzie's Story, I don't know how exactly to pronounce it, L-I-S-E-Y apostrophe S, it stars Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. It is from Stephen King, and it tells the story of, I don't fucking know, Clive Owen's Julianne Moore's husband, who was a writer, but somehow through his writing was able to open up a portal to another world, and now he's gone, and Dane DeHaan is trying to find that secret way in, and so is Julianne Moore. It looked weird as shit, but it looked fun. When well, it looked fun, it looked dark, and it looked great and amazing and compelling actors. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, Chad, did you see that trailer? Yeah, I read the book, and this is maybe my least favorite Stephen King book because I just felt like I remember it being bored. Like hmm. it could have been 10 years ago when I read it, but I remember being very bored and it was a slog to get through. Oh. And this trailer reminded me that I thought it was boring. So <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, I mean, it could look interesting, but I don't know. It was very boring. And it's a series, right, on Apple Plus. Yeah. So let's spread out this. Let's make it as boring as possible. So, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, then maybe you'll like uh, the next one a little bit better, a Netflix film called Skater Girl, which tells the story of, I believe they're in India, uh, a small girl in a small village who are influenced by skateboarding and start building their own skating park and how it can change all of their lives. It looks like an awesome sentimental very touching film reminded me of that uh dennis quaid movie we we talked about earlier um it looked fun it looked it looked entertaining i i'm really excited about it. there's a lot of uh award buzz about it as well uh did you get a chance to watch skater girl yeah i think it's you know in general it's important to have movies where you can see other cultures yeah. and that's really what this is with the connection is skateboarding. You know about skateboarding, right? You might have even, you know, ridden skateboards growing up. So that might be your window. And then you see, you know, about this other culture and how. So, I mean, it's interesting take as far as that goes. But, yeah, it definitely reminded me of that Dennis Quaid one, uh, you know, as well. Um, and then next up we have another Amazon series. This one is entitled Panic, which uh, had a bunch of, like, it vibes to me. Uh, it tells the story of a small town where nobody seems to – do well unless they play this game called panic and in panic you have to face your fears and these fears seem intense there's a fucking tiger in there there's people running away from monsters or something i don't really know what's happening in this trailer but it seems cool it seems like a, a, if stephen king wrote maze runner that's what i feel like this felt like to me um did you get a chance to watch this one yeah this one the vibe I actually got from it was um, a movie that's just a few years old with Emma Roberts and Dave Franco called Nerve. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it's a very similar premise. Okay. It was like more of a, like an online thing. And do you have the nerve to do these dangerous things? And you get like points okay. and things like that. You know, yeah. so it's very similar in that regard. So this, though, it looked interesting. I, you know, I like the premise. I like it all. If this was a movie and because it's on Prime, I would check it out. The fact that it's a series, um, I just people are just going to have to be raving about it to get me to watch a full series about this. I understand. And I would so, rather this be a movie. Yeah, and that's the way it is with all the content out there. It's you know it's hard. Things have to compete with each other a lot more uh, to sustain your attention. But hopefully, this next series will be enough to sustain your attention. Uh, I don't think I put it on the original list, but it's called The Cleaning Lady. It's a new show on Fox starring Elodie Young, who played Elektra in the Daredevil series, and who I think is very attractive. So if Anya Taylor-Joy doesn't give me a call, maybe Elodie Young can. The story is about uh, Elodie Young's character is from the Philippines. She's uh, immigrated to the United States with, it seems like, her child and her mother. Um, she was a doctor before she came to the United States, but can't get any employment in that field. So she becomes a cleaning lady when all of a sudden she sees a murder by accident. And the organized crime that perpetrated the murder uh, asked for her services, basically. Um, and, and so it looks like this weird intro into the crime world, but again, through a different culture than what we're used to. Again, talking about a Filipina character, um, but also through the, the gaze of a person who has been cast by society as, as a cleaner and nothing more, when in reality, they have medical experience, they have all this rich history. 
show looks great to me. I think she's a, a phenomenal actress and everything I've seen her in. And I'm really excited to see what she's going to do with that. It's a uh, show or a movie? It's a show on Fox. It's, it's interesting. I didn't see the trailer, but the way you described it, and again, we don't know all the details, it definitely didn't seem like a show. How do you sustain that for a show? I mean, yeah, I think something like, you know, I, I'm in a show on NBC called Good Girls, and, and they sort of do a similar idea where it's, you're just going to get further and further into the crime world, you know? Uh, like Ozark or something, maybe? Like Ozark, you're going to start off somewhere, and, and it's just going to keep bringing you back in. Um, and I think that's sort of where we're going to go. Plus, you have the, the subplot of, I think, her son is sick. And that's why they came to the States in the first place, but they can't afford. And then even in the trailer, there's a mention of um, citizenship and their visas being revoked. So there's a lot of different subplots that we can have and see where those go. Um, and I, I think that looks, and all of those seem interesting to me and timely. Um, but Loved then, her Daredevil. She was so good in Daredevil. I so, yep. she, was, she was a great lecturer. Um, and then my, the last trailer that I, I want to mention is probably my favorite of the week. Um, and uh, this we and uh, what was the other one? Lizy story. I like a lot. Um, but gunpowder milkshake, um, gunpowder milkshake starring Karen Gillian, uh, Angela Bassett, um, the queen from Game of Thrones. I forgot it, Lena Headley or whatever her name is. Um, it looks fucking insane. It's about an assassin who a female assassin played by Karen Gillian. She's the lead in it who accidentally kills somebody that she shouldn't have. And then the entire assassin world starts coming after her, led by Paul Giamatti. And Lena Headley plays her mother, has to start defending her. So it's a mother-daughter team-up assassin John Wick movie. Is this from the studio that brought you John Wick? I don't know who it's from, but I think everyone should go watch this trailer because it was the most entertainment I've had watching a trailer in a while. It was just super fun, violent, blood. Rob, it's got, it's got your girl in it. Carla Gugino. I love her. So. I was noticing that. I love her. Yeah, she's great. She's always good. I so love Karen Gillan, though. Like she's yeah. I, I like Karen Gillan a lot too. Big fan of her work. I, and this, her as a lead. Yeah, sign me the fuck up. This looks great. Yeah, um, so, so those are all the trailers, and that's all for the section of Rob hates shit. Let's go ahead and move on to the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Um, because we do have a couple of items that we want to talk about. Um, three items that I know of. Well, four. Um, two shows that have been announced. Well, eight. Yeah. Eight, seven, eight. <laughs> two shows that have been announced and two deals. Um, the first two shows, and I'll, I'll say them in tandem, is uh, a new Batman animated series coming from J.J. Abrams and Bruce Timm called The Cape Crusader. It's supposed to take a completely different perspective on Batman. And then J.J. Abrams and HBO Max are also producing My Adventures with Superman, where Jack Quaid from The Boys will be voicing Clark Kent, tells the stories of Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and Lois Lane as an investigative team. What do you guys think about these, this news? Oh, I think it's just, you know, it's buzzwords. This is a completely different take. What did you say about the Cape Crusader? Yeah. You really think that that's what it's going to be? Like, they've done everything with Batman. And I'm not, not to say this is not going to be good. They've done it from the angle of just the police, Gotham PD. They've done it from the angle of Batman being a kid in Gotham. You're just following the villains. They've, they've done campy Batman. Yeah. Batman Brave and the Bold, where he teams up with other things. They've done dark. 
you know, all it's not going to be a new take. I, I just don't see how it could be a new take. Yeah, I mean, I think that if anyone could come up with a new take, it's Bruce Tim. I don't necessarily think J.J. Abrams is the guy to come up with a new take because I feel he comes up with just a prettier take, right? Um, but Bruce Tim, you know, might not have been the father of Batman, but for a whole generation, he defined what Batman was. Um, and that generation's mine and yours, you know? Um, that The animated series is responsible for my love of that, you know, of that character. And I'd liked the movies and stuff before, but fuck, what an iconic version, you know? Um, so his involvement makes me want to see what's going to happen. The other, they released some images of my adventures with Superman and they look very anime uh, driven, which means you won't like it. And Rob won't watch it because it's animated and good. Um, but yeah, that's all I think about it. Look, people are so hungry for Batman and Superman content have, have always been. I mean, they're so freaking popular that all they have to do is reboot the, the DC has done great over the years with their animation department. I, I would argue quality wise, and obviously it's subjective, better than they've done live action. But people are just so hungry for these characters that once it's over, let, just give it to a different, somebody else with a different voice. It, it doesn't even matter if it's exactly the fucking same. Tweak the colors, tweak the costuming, give us a different story based on a different cartoon, a slightly different arc. I just say it's different. People are going to fucking throngs are going to come to it because they want to watch these characters. So I just think it's genius. Just keep pumping them out. Different director, different take. What do you think? Give, give me, give me a pitch. Go make it. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I think, yeah, they're going to keep pumping these out and keep making money because the fans will always be there. It's, nope. it's a great idea. The last thing they can do is pull out a forget Forget everything you know about Batman. I mean, that's... I think that's what they want to do every time they do a new Batman oh. series, is that that's the line that they want to feed you. We're going to do something oh. you've never seen before. Um, which, you know, I, I will say all of the Batman shows feel different. Yeah. They all find a different tone within Batman. But, and I think, you know, if Mythos and, and Joseph Campbell teach us anything, there's a million different ways to tell the hero's journey. Um, in a million different ways to interpret said hero. And I'm just like, I'll fucking watch Batman and midget porn. I don't give a shit. I love Batman. Like, I'm here for that all day long. Um, and Jack Quaid is Clark Kent and Superman. Sounds fun. That's a good casting. I'm down for that. Um, uh, the other thing I don't know if I'm down for, let's talk about the mergers. So we have two mergers. Uh, the first one is more of an acquisition. It's reported that MGM is being sold to uh, Amazon for $9 billion. Um, this would mean that Amazon would have all the MGM properties, including the James Bond franchise, would all be owned by Amazon now. Uh, and then the second one, so we can talk about them, I guess, in tandem, is uh, AT&T uh, purchased Time Warner a few years ago. Um, it took a couple of years for it to be approved by the government um, for the monopoly laws and stuff like that. Um, but they've had Time Warner for about three years in their ownership, and now they've decided they don't want it anymore. So it seems like they are selling it um, and forming a new conglomeration with uh, Warner Media, Time Warner, and Discovery. Now, surprisingly, if this is the direction it goes, this would be the largest conglomerate in on Earth. Um, Discovery has more 
non-scripted networks, real shows, reality, all that stuff than any other company. And Warner Brothers still has more scripted properties than anybody else, uh, including Disney. If they combined, I think it's like four times the size of the Disney uh, Marvel Star Wars combination. So there was also a chance that the government might not approve of it because it might be too large for corporation. Um, what do you guys think about those two mergers? Uh, the first one, you know, with uh, Amazon acquiring MGM, what I heard about the, the bond contracts because the, the Broccoli family um, has such a, uh, you know, they're the owners of it. They have such a tight, that they haven't, they, ha they won't approve or they have yet to acquiesce to the request to do Bond TV series or, you know, different, anything other than theatrical release movies. Mm. So that's, that's one of the hangups there. Cause even though Amazon could buy MGM, the broccoli still own the rights to the, to the, to the, to the product of James Bond. So they get to say what happens with it or what doesn't happen with it. So even though Amazon would own library, anything new, is still controlled by them. I'm trying to think. I, off the top of my head, I don't remember the. I know MGM has other, you know, has, has other stories and other other IP. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Uh, Pink Panther, Stargate, um, stuff like that. Rocky, I think. Rocky, yeah. I think Rocky's MGM. Yeah. Um, so that that's interesting there. Um, well, it's it's a, it's a it's a whole new world, folks. The wild wild west. It's everybody just putting together their teams and. You know, it's so strange to find out where the money's coming from. It's, you know, it's so bizarre to see who buys who. And you go, holy shit, how are they buying this company? Because you have these, the ideas of, you know, you know, you thought who had all the money. And then you realize, oh, shit, Netflix has more money than them. And it's, it's just crazy to see where all the money's at. Um, that's where it's going. You know, that's where it's going. I don't know how I feel about it. It's, you know, it's, you kind of, you know, Hollywood's, it's so easy to romanticize about Hollywood and the way things were and the way things are. And you'll have, you know, MGM and all Paramount and all these wonderful places and Sony and stuff like that. And you think they're all getting swallowed up. I think Sony's the next Sony somehow is going to be acquired by somebody. I think Google, Apple's going to come in and go, we'll take Sony. <laughs> just here's a hundred billion dollars. We'll take you. You know, it's just a, just getting absorbed in, uh, in all these things. It's, it's not even close to being over as far as the, uh, the mixing and matching, but it's uh but it's interesting, that's for sure. Though, yeah, the, uh, the 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 Warner Media to Discovery again. That was when you go Discovery, and you go, holy shit! And Discovery, so so AT and T got forty two billion in the deal, and I think the original deal they paid ninety billion for originally Warner, so they're getting about about half the original investment. So is this them just washing their hands and saying we failed at making movies, at making narrative content? We just want to go back to telecom. I mean. What, what, what is the message here? That's what it seems like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I think they've, I think with any film industry, uh, corporation, company, there are two levels of success. There's the outward success and there's the actual success. Like HBO Max seems like an outward success all across the board. Sure. We don't know the numbers. We don't know what the finances are. I think probably for AT&T, it's been too much of a hassle. You know what I mean? Especially with one of those three years was a pandemic year. So you couldn't see any return on any investment. And every investment you make is at least a million dollars for each of those films. So, and they had to deal with the Snyder cut. So, you know, that's probably yeah, yeah. definitely wanted to get rid of it because of that. Yeah. So, you I, know, I, thing, go ahead. Keith. No, no, it's all you. 
I, th- I think, you know, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but I thought I'd read something like, you know, their plan before they sold it was to maybe contribute like 2.5 billion in new content. And the discovery when they're buying it, it's, it's bumped up to like 12 billion. So it's a completely reversal of what they wanted to do uh, with this new company coming in and acquiring it. So they're going to actually try to pump money into it to compete. A lot more, actually. Where, 17 and 20 billion, they said they were going okay. to Like I said, I was going to get the numbers yeah. wrong, but I knew it was a significant amount more than what the, you know, the other company was going to do. So... I remember they said that you know people had flipped out when they heard Netflix was pumping 17 billion into product this year, and this was actually a higher number than Netflix yeah. was going to pump into new content. And gotcha. HBO Max is, is just now getting ready to roll out internationally. Yep, that's just that's that's imminent now. So just an interesting time to divest, divest themselves of this company, as it looks like now is when they're going to start trying to really build upon their subscribers. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking and, numbers that we'll never be able to understand and figure out who the hell that's. And they were acting kind of like it was almost like a uh, backdoor deals in the sense that like a lot of executives had no idea this was even going yeah. on until it's basically announced. Which seems like it's been apropos for the entire way all of HBO Max was ran. Like you, all these people, production partners and directors had no idea their movies were going to HBO Max. Uh, and, yep. and breached contracts and had unions on their asses, which might be a part of why AT&T did it, or AT&T might have known all along, and that's why they were like, fuck it, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to, it's not going to be our problem in a year. You know what I mean? Um, it's interesting to me that some of these intellectual properties aren't being cannibalized. I think when it comes time for Sony, uh, it, if Sony does go the way of all, some of these companies that are folding, I think it'll, the company will be torn apart. And all the intellectual properties will go here and there because I don't think Disney's going to be willing to let the Spider-Man go to somebody else. Well, I, I think contractually, I think if they, contractually, if Sony gets sold, Disney gets it back. Oh, okay. There you go. I believe I've heard that quite a few times. So if Sony, but it, you probably heard that from Spectral Vision Boy, and and you know the guy has been hundred percent right hundred percent of the time. <laughs> um, I've actually heard that from quite a few sources. Um, not my own sources. I don't have any sources. Um, but that's when uh, Rob's on set of some of these uh, secret projects and yeah. he just hears, he's like, got his ear to the door. Oh, really? That's Things like go crazy, to crazy to so. dick ball to, you know, <laughs> yeah. big projects. Big, big projects. Um, but yeah, but that's, that's all I got. I know we've been rambling on for like seven so, and a half hours. Well, I do want to get your take on this because I don't know how true this is. This is strictly rumors and it could just be clickbait stuff. I saw it at several different sources. It was spectral vision. In regards to this Warner Media thing, they were saying, "Is Disney going to buy DC Comics?" Have you yeah. seen anything on this? That's a lot of clickbait. A lot of clickbait about that. Yeah. So, yeah. well, when the deal was announced, people flipped out and went, "Oh my God, does that mean uh, you know Warner? They, they've given up on the DC because they've they've been screwing it up and they're going to sell it and buy it?" No. I, I don't think that's going to be, but th- that's my exact point. I don't think they're going to divest of any of the intellectual property. I think Discovery wants to buy Warner Brothers whole um, because they realize that HBO Max, part of the appeal for it, uh, you know, it is the Warner Brothers classic library. It is the new intellectual property. It's DC. It's legendary pictures. It's Looney Tunes. You know, I wouldn't want to buy Disney and not get Mickey Mouse. So I, I think 
that same mentality is going to go there. So I don't think they're going to split apart. You know? Don't you think at the end of the day that it's just a foregone conclusion that Jason Blum is going to be running Warner Studios? He makes great movies for less money. He seems to handle all genres pretty well. I just think he's, I think he's a genius. I think he's going to, I think ultimately he's going to be running Warner Pictures. I think it'll be Universal. Oh shit, it's Universal. God damn it. It's yeah. Universal. Uni- oh, Fuck. So Universal, that's right. Universal Monsters. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. Never mind. Backtrack what I said. Don't you think one day Jason Blum is going to be running Universal Pictures? Take two. Um, so now that Rob finally has his story straight, let's start the podcast? No. Awesome. Uh, all right. I'm ready to talk about all these trailers. That was a good warm-up, guys. Like the pre-show on Sunday Night Live. Good, 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 good. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, but that's all I got. Uh, so, and I want to go eat the rest of my wings because I, there's another bag of wings in front of Rob. And I don't know if he's been aware of that or if he's already eaten them. So. I'm not, but thank God I didn't know that because I feel like absolutely unadulterated crap after eating those garlic yeah. on John Wayne. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I'm going to go they get delicious. Thank you. And they were delicious, but yeah. whew, man. Uh, so does anybody have uh, anything else to, to say? Where Chad, where can we find you? All that shit. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Chad129x. Uh, but real fast, there's a quick segment on the show uh, that I like to find out out of all the tra- trailers today, out of all the beautiful, beautiful women in the trailers, which one looked the most like one of your ex-girlfriends today, Keith? Was it Angelina Jolie? Um, probably. Yeah, probably Angelina Jolie looked like a, a girl I used to date named Julianne. So she had that, those lips, man. Julie Angelina Jolie? Exactly. No, yeah. Me and Brad were hitting it at the same time. No, uh, this other girl that I used to date a long time ago. Probably. Yeah, it. just, you know, after you get done with those wings, if you'll just send me her picture so that I could take a look just to see. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll judge that. No problem. You really shouldn't hit women. Keith. Oh, hitting it. Hitting it. Oh, yeah, hitting it. That was a, a slogan for uh, something else. Um, like slogan's the right term for that. Yeah, really. <laughs> slang? slang? It's a slanging. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it probably is Rob's slogan in life. Slogan? Hey, you should never I'm hit women. <laughs> I mean, that was, do that again. You got to do that again. Hold on. It's like, it, was like, it was like a portly Woody Allen. Do it again. <laughs> hey, I'm hitting it. Not Quite Cool is a podcast recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions.